And I'm your other host, Morgan. We're two sisters. By marriage. Who love to talk about stories. From writing fiction and creating elaborate plot lines in D&D. To choosing the evil dialogue options in tabletop RPGs and, you know, video games. We're, we're out, out of initiative. initiative. Today we're talking about choosing the evil dialogue options. Um, and I'm really excited about this discussion because we have super different opinions on this. We do. And uh, I think we've talked about it a little bit. We've touched on it. And so I'm very excited to discuss this further. I just kind of assumed that you would be like me as we played through Baldur's Gate together um, and that we would, you know, save the cats from the trees and help the children be reunited. Like, I will take every single side quest to reunite families and do the happy things. And I know I, I don't need any payment. I find plenty of money in pots around the building. And you were like, give me your soul coin or I will take your life. Yeah. And I was like, <clears throat> What? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think with, you know, we read all the stories or we watch movies and TV shows with the heroes, right? Saving the day. They are doing the right thing. The villains try and interfere and they overcome it and they succeed. And it's, you know, a joyous end, right? But when you think about it with the villain or antagonist, they, um, they're fun. I mean, they're so motivated and driven towards their goal even more so than I feel the heroes a lot of times. The heroes are kind of like unwilling. They're like, yeah, sure, I guess I should. Or or they discover, oh, I'm a long lost prince or chosen one or whatever. And they're kind of like coerced into doing whatever they are supposed to be doing. And the villains are like, they have a plan. They have a goal. They have like all sorts of drive to succeed at it. And I think playing that character um, is just so fun. And it's just kind of an untapped section of uh role playing that um i i would love to attempt <laughs> in the future but that's the key i you know as i was kind of looking over this and and you know researching like how, who has ran these kind of campaigns and what it was like you i would like to preface at the beginning this is definitely for more experienced players um because of that drive and that proactive nature um, if you're kind of timid or you're just learning um, you're, and you're more kind of the DM is holding your hand a little bit, it's probably not going to be very good. Um, so this is definitely for more like seasoned players. Yeah, you're, you're talking about well-written characters, well-written villains, which like I love a sympathetic villain. Like I'm all on board with that. So maybe I'm just approaching it wrong. Actually, maybe by the end of this discussion, you'll have changed my mind. But like from now as the hero, I'm like... We go in, we save the day, we do the side quests. I don't need, I don't need the money. Uh, I don't need the rewards, nor do I need your family heirlooms. You should keep it, lady. And, you know, buy your family a bag of rice and, uh, like, move on. With like, I, I think that that's, like, for me, I'm like, oh, isn't that the right thing to do? Isn't that what I would do in real life? Um, and I can't, I can't get over feeling really bad about NPCs when I treat them poorly. Um, I will... It, so I think that my like video game experience like translates very directly for me into tabletop role playing games because in like Fallout for example in Fallout Three they're like oh you know you can just bully these people into giving you what you want and if they don't do it you can just blow up all of Megaton 
And like, I could never do it. Like not even on like a side save just to see what it was like. I, I looked up a video once cause I like needed to know what was going to happen, but like made me feel really bad. <laughs> I don't like it. I, I like, I can't separate, maybe I can't separate reality and the like fantasy. I, I don't know. But for me, it's like, I can't do it. I can't, I can't hurt those people. They're too nice. So that's something that I was this past week thinking about. And if as like I was writing for my author perspective, if you have, like, say you're DMing, like if you're DMing us and we make these characters, like one of them wants to be a crime boss, another one wants to take over a castle and another one else, you know, is a pirate or something, right? And they're all kind of morally gray, bad, bad people, right? You can create the world to be even worse. So, and so the people that they're hurting, like they're bad to begin with. So the example I was thinking is like Game of Thrones right? No one in that our heroes are good. They're all horrible people. Like they all make really bad choices. And even at the end, they kind of have a redemption arc. They're still not good people. Like they're not, they're all ambitious and with their own motives and they will kill whoever they need to or torture or manipulate anybody they need to, to get to their end. All of them, all of them. Right. And so if you made, but that's the world that they're in. Cause if you're mm-hmm. good, you end up like spoiler for a season guy so you can create as a dm a world that's even worse that they have had to become this way um to survive and so then when they are stealing from npcs or burning down towns or whatever there you can make it it's kind of justifiable a little bit um or they're just they're just so much or they have to they just kind of it's the way of the world so um, I was thinking that was kind of a perspective. <laughs> but at the beginning, when you set up session zero is so important that you can talk to everybody. What do they want? And then you can kind of design your world around that. Um, I feel just kind of brainstorming this. If you were to set up a campaign like this, uh, you have their initial like what they want or what they want to accomplish with their characters set up. And then I would leave it really open ended more than a regular campaign because you can allow the redemption. You could allow it. They don't have to take it. And so like you could ha- introduce like an NPC, like a paladin or something, right? And he's going to help them break into the castle because his sister's locked up or something, right? So he's kind of an accomplice for a while and then they can decide whether they want to kill him or let him go or whatever. But like he's going to hang around with the group for a while and maybe rub off on them. So you never know if they kind of change their ways. So I think there's just so much there um for storytelling i'm kind of stuck on from a dm's perspective like that's a lot of super motivated people with really big dreams which is so cool and how do they stay together as a group like how do we keep them because like i want to become a crime boss and she wants to run the biggest mlm on this side of Faerun. like cool great love that you guys have this plan why the heck are you traveling together? And like, how do you adventure hook them from place to place? Like, is it only like snowballing tragedy after tragedy? Are they only like going for the redemption or, you know, are there coffers that could be stolen from? And that's what they're like, well, I need to fund my operation. So time to go to the next place. I think I struggle with like, so I will say that I wouldn't be able to run one of these campaigns, but I am super interested in the concept of it. And I think, caveat of course which you mentioned is um 
you you would need to in session zero say we're doing something slightly different this is the tone you know what are you guys comfortable with have that sort of consent session zero uh and on the flip side um as a dm i i know that like we've had a dm who did this who said like oh i'd love to see the characters you come up with if you're gonna play a rogue i'm not interested in evil campaigns like he's kind of old school so like i think that he kind of like had that association really tightly in his mind but like I think that it's fair to say, you guys, uh, do whatever you want, but I'm not excited about evil things. So if you're going to be the necromancy wizard, I need you to have a reason why you stick with this party that kind of does good, maybe. Yeah, I think, again, having more experienced players, setting the tone at the beginning. Is this going to be like a serious tone? Or is it going to be serious? Or is it going to be kind of like cartoon villains? You know what I mean? And like, I'm the serious. Acme, like, yeah, <laughs> anvils yeah. from the sky. They sit on, you know, a, a throne of skulls and they're like Maleficent, you know, with their crows. And, you know, do you make it kind of cartoony and kind of more funny and silly? Um, but yeah, from the beginning, you know, have boundaries, respect those boundaries. It's known, shared. Um, but as a DM, I think it would be more of a challenge just because uh, your characters are going to be making a lot more bold, uh, ambitious decisions. Let's break into that castle now. And it, where adventurers, I think, kind of, kind of like, oh, let's check the bounty board. Or They this- pretend to make plans, <laughs> they but they don't make plans. Exactly. They don't make plans. And- I think that's interesting because from a roleplay perspective, they're more motivated. Like, it would be easier to roleplay that character if you can, like, stomach it. Uh, because you're like, I know what I need to do next. I know what this character wants. But yeah, having more kind of evil aligned characters, why would they not just turn on each other? Because you don't often see villains like teaming up. I mean, they do temporarily, but then someone always betrays them, right? So having a focused goal that all of them work together. um, I was reading some article and they were talking about uh, there is a evil wizard that they're trying to defeat. And all five of them or four of them of the party are bound together. And if anyone turns on anyone else, their head explodes. <laughs> Whoa, it's, that's so dramatic. Yeah. Okay. So, there you go. There's your bounty. <laughs> like you have to work together until you defeat this evil wizard. So like stuff like that, you can, um, but I think having just any sort of relationships um, in there. And I, I think not everyone, ha- they don't have to be like totally evil. You know, that's the yeah. other thing. It can be like a like a spectrum, right? Like they're a pirate that has pillaged a bunch of villages and they're just, that's how they are. They steal stuff all the time. So, um, or the necromantic wizard. But I think that would be fun making him cartoonish. Like what if he just wants a skeleton army? What if he can't make real friends so he has skeleton friends? You know? Well, like, <laughs> I think about like in our group, in, in, our, in our plushies game, the druid having his like companion skeleton, it was like a, did you guys kill that guy and use his body or I don't I can't remember what led to, I think it was an enemy. No, I remember what it was. It was the bones inside a, cor- a corpse flower. So he was like recycling. Yeah. That means that like, you know, some cultures may feel like that person didn't get put to rest, but like, yeah, you like named it Bernie cause we can at Bernie's and like, you know, traveled around with him and you guys got like, I, well, I know I got kind of attached. I think we dressed him up at one point. You, you did dress him up to sneak him into yes. a town. <laughs> it was amazing. See? So, like, yeah, you can make it cartoony and lighthearted and stuff. But I... I I do enjoy that. Yeah. (laughs) I love a cartoon villain. Yeah. Yeah. So, I... Oh, Bernie. I I think um, if you're you're trying to play this kind of character, think 
of like unlikable protagonists and maybe that's kind of your gauge like Peaky Blinders or Breaking Bad you know where they're like put in a position doing bad stuff to survive or or for you know but they're still kind of likable they're not just like a horrible person they're just doing illegal things or whatever so um I think that would help kind of with cohesion a little bit um but I I think as a DM you're gonna have these characters are way more motivated to and and will make bold choices. Um, so obviously you need to make like your royalty or military figureheads or whatever, very well guarded. If they could just walk into the castle and take the crown, like that's not, yeah. Dimension door in, steal the stuff, dimension door out. Yeah. You get two sets of hands. We're good. So yeah. I... So maybe the royalty's a long line of wizards or the military's dragon shifters or something. I mean, you could really up, up the stakes that way. Um, but you would you would have to flex pretty hard as a DM to compensate. I think in any campaign, it's like totally reasonable to do a little bit of a DM hand wave for things like um, the shops in this area, because magic makes it so easy to get in and out and enough people have access to just enough magic that it's a problem. Like it would be totally reasonable to say that like, Oh, you know, all the shops have some kind of wording, whether it's um, that you you get marked or poofed with some sort of poison that makes it easy to identify you after you leave. Or, uh, you know, if you bamf into a shop, uh, you end up in some sort of ward or there's a chance you could end up in a ward and you get stuck there. Like, I, I think that that's where you have the, like, okay, the DM thinks about, like, some precautions that, like, a lot of shops would have access to. I think even we, we not even precautions, but, like, we just talked about this a couple sessions ago uh, where uh, your character was um, going from shop to shop and had some attitude. Uh, and the I decided kind of in the moment that, like, it makes sense to me that the shopkeepers would have, like, a like a chat board that they would go to, but they don't have technology. So maybe it's just like a, some sort of like sending thing that goes through this whole group. So I sort of just in the moment was like writing like, Oh um, <clears throat> yeah, you leave uh, after giving her the tood and uh, she sends a message out and says, Hey, there's this purple tiefling. Apparently it's her boyfriend's birthday. She's got a lot of really strong opinions on how things should be uh, and really was not a very patient customer, which is like a totally real thing that actual mm -hmm. people who run businesses do. Like sure. if you've been on any small town boards. So then the next shop she gets to, they're like, oh, I see it's you. I'm going to be a very decisive. I know like I know how to react in accordance, like the world changes and shifts around what the players are doing. Uh, which I always think should happen. And also, like, there's definitely a level of trust. So, like, if the players are constantly, like, bamfing into stores, like, misty stepping and dimension dooring into stores just to, like, rob the place, it's like, that's not really very fun. And, like, we got to tell the player, like, hey, that's not cool. Or, I don't know, put their face on a wanted flyer all around town so they can deal with the, like, the ramifications of their actions. But I also don't run an evil campaign. So would you change? Would it be like easier to steal? Maybe that's kind of fun. Maybe the DM's in on it, and you're saying like, "Oh yeah, uh, these shopkeepers are poorly warded. You can tell who you know. These shops are barely making it by, and they don't have the magical protections. Are you still gonna break in? Like, what's what's your code of conduct? Like anybody who runs a shop is bad, and I can steal from them, or 
are you only focused on the people who are doing really well? Like, is this sort of a Robin Hood moment where you're like, ah, they're doing great. You know, the Home Depot of Fantasyland isn't going to notice if a couple of hammers go missing uh, versus, you know, this little mom and pop shop that like they only had one on the shelf in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're like gluten intolerant and they hate bakeries. They just burn down every bakery when they come to town. Oh my God. That would be amazing. (laughs) I, I mean, I think, yeah, you'd have to figure that out. But the key is, at least I think, if you're a character and you're breaking into the store, there's the risk that you're going to get caught and arrested, mm-hmm. right? And there's guards. Like, that's that's normal medieval D&D stuff. But yeah. if you're, like, level eight, guards are what? You know? Like, oh, my God. So squishy. Right. But then it's like, how much murder are you willing to commit in a day? Yeah. What are your, what are your like, tears? But... What if you enhance the guards and make them stronger and then they do catch them and lock them up? Are your characters going to be pissed they're locked in a jail and now have to get out of that? Like, they need to understand that, yes, they're going to make these choices, but you're going to have to kind of meet them at it or it wouldn't be very fun. You know, they would just yeah. need to murder hobos, like destroy the town. So, um, but if you have, <laughs> which we've been lucky, I don't think we have any murder hobos in our group. No, I also like notoriously get walked on by the players who are a little more chaotic and then it takes me like three sessions to come up with my revenge and they end up like locked in a shopkeeper's office with like ostrich feathers tarred to their bodies so like (laughs) i don't know it's like it's delayed but we got there we got there (laughs) but if you if you went in like started the campaign in that session knowing that the characters were going to be like this i think you would plan accordingly um that kind of thing but yeah you would have to either make the guards stronger or more of them or they just walk all over the guards. I mean, they're just bad. Like, you know, who knows? But they have to be, if they do get arrested or whatever, like, they have to be cool with that. Because I know some players would be pretty upset. So, um, like, you're you're doing things that are going to get you in trouble. So there's going to be uh, repercussions for that. So. And on the flip side, like, I think that as a DM, you know when you're dangling something in front of a player and they're going to take the bait. Like, uh, if you have a character, you know, it's a fighter and he's angry all the time and anybody who tries to pick a fight with him or even looks at him sideways, he's gonna, he's gonna, he's gonna smash, you know, he's gonna go to town. Um, then don't like, then like random passerby shouldn't just like call him ugly and like spit on him. Like you, you know, when you're starting something, um, and like same for, you've got your, sticky fingered rogues and uh even just any like decks any like anyone with a decent decks has had the thought like oh there are nice things in this shop how much can i walk away with and uh there's there's a limit to like oh natural 20 after natural 20 like that's cool i'm glad that you're so dexterous but like at some point your pockets are full and it's obvious that things are going missing so there's like there's only so much uh success can get you so you you know when you're dangling something in front of the party and you need to, like, be able to say no, which I struggle with. And uh, and at the same time, you also have to decide, like, what are the ramifications of this? Did we agree to this? Is this the kind of behavior I was expecting? Or is this something that I need to figure out how to, like, respond? Well, as a DM, if, you know, they're going into a jewelry shop and you describe the inside of the shop as having all this jewelry laying out, right? Diamonds and all sorts of yeah. glittery gold stuff, they're going to get excited. But if they go in and they're like... Yeah, they have really bare shelves. They have, like, behind the counter, like, three things in, like, a case. You know, make its way harder. So, I mean, yeah. you, you would have to, unless you don't care, unless you just want them to take it. 
So, but he's still gonna use the glue and glue the shopkeeper's finger <laughs> to a ring. And I'm still trying to wrap my brain around that. Like, he that poor that poor man that poor jeweler was just like, I'll take a look at the, your trade here. Yeah. And yeah. Perma glue. That's chaos. Right there. That that is chaos. That's chaos. Not sovereign evil, glue sure. exists in D and D for a reason to be used. Yes. On shopkeepers. <laughs> I can't believe on a shopkeeper though. Like I felt like he was gonna use it to like punish someone who'd been me. No, he was just like I don't know. This guy didn't give me a good enough deal. You guys have so much money. I don't think he cares. I don't know. Yeah. Whatever, Kyle. You do fine. We're okay. <laughs> you do you. You do you. <laughs> yeah. So I. As a DM, you would just have to have that all planned and figured out. Yep. And maybe the guards are jerks. We've already seen in our campaign, if you have any NPC that's kind of just a jerk or just mean or whatever, they instantly hate him. Like, it doesn't even, I, they don't even hesitate. All of us just, oh, we hate him. We don't like him. <laughs> it's funny because it's kind of cathartic um, because I don't like to play evil characters. I don't even like to do the evil runs in RPG games um like rpg video games but i do love throwing in like i love throwing in an npc for you guys to just like yeah we're gonna beat him out back later like i love throwing in somebody who's like oh well like i can't i I can't even think of any good examples but like guy who like tries to give you a bad deal or makes a sexist comment or like and uh, all within the parameters of what's reasonable with this group in terms of like yeah. how comfortable everybody is with each other yeah um but like i i love throwing those in because i love that you guys will always take action always we do it's like that we just all <laughs> gang up and mob we hate this person <laughs> like we forever. hate this guy let's yeah yeah he's responsible for that ring of people who've been going missing so i mean <laughs> we're gonna let ourselves into his house yeah right yeah, well, I love it. As far as like the RPG, like in the video games, running yeah. like the evil, taking the e, well, the uh, the obviously not good aligned choices. Yeah. From my perspective, and I think we talked about this before, is that there's all these developers and writers of this game, and they spent so much time. I mean, you have fifty percent <laughs> of the game. You have an entire half of the game that you yeah. never. It's like reading half of a book and putting it away. Like someone spent so much, well, multiple writers spent so much time yeah. writing out this narrative and the and what happens because of it. And you come back, you you the world is dynamic because of your choices, good or bad, and you get to see a whole other side of the story. Um, and like when I do it, there's some that are like, yeah, I really don't. I do have my limits, but there are some. Yeah, yeah I'll steal and take stuff, or or just be like indifferent. And see what happens, you know, with my choices. And um, and you do. You just see the game. Well, like, for example, with Baldur's Gate, the music changes. The soundtrack that. itself changes when you make certain choices. Um, I just, it's incredible. And other NPCs show up and NPCs you work with now, they're, they're aligned with you. They're your allies. And normally, you, you know, kill them off the start or whatever. Um, and I just, it's just the whole side of the game that I just, I love exploring. And that's, I think that's really fun with, you know, D and D too. Like, so when you're a villain, you're going to go up against all these paladins, you know, that think they're holier than thou art and stuff like, yeah. right. And you're going to fight good aligned, I, I don't know, unicorns or, or bronze dragons or whatever the good aligned, <laughs> right. You're going to have your, yeah. your monsters are going to be totally different from when you did the other, you know, 
do a regular campaign. I guess I really struggle with like um, fixed alignment on creatures. Like that is something that I have always been like, mm, yeah, every single every single red dragon is not nice like really is that is that where we're landing for sure um that doesn't like sit really well with me i hate like broad generalizations like that so i kind of perpetually anytime there's an alignment recommended for a creature i'm like "Mm, not today he's not like (laughs) always uh but that's just me being petulant but i think the Baldur's gate thing is interesting first of all larian studios is great and i really liked um divinity too i felt like i i felt like our choices really had an impact like if you got to this npc before he went crazy and told him that his daughter was okay he would give you the ring and he wouldn't kill a bunch of people like it was cool to see how you how you like interacted with the world and impacted it and i think fala is always my example because three new vegas and four uh in particular i felt like i played through a whole bunch of times because there were so many different ways to interact with the world and I, I thought that the way um, the way Bethesda and Obsidian did it for New Vegas, it was really interesting because you could choose, like, which... That was, like, really heavy, like, which faction you wanted to be with. But, like, that, I felt, like, really changed the ending. Uh, and I did end up going through and playing a couple of times. There were factions that I, like, couldn't bring myself to side with. Like, in Fallout 4, like, I can't do the Brotherhood. They're so judgmental uh and i have too big of a crush on paladin dance and i just can't do it so um so so although the end of his storyline is a bummer but that's okay uh but like new vegas you can choose to like you go the yes man route and you go, it's like we're just gonna do what we want we take over or you know you go and you you like help the survivors and like we're gonna rebuild a better rebuild a better civilization post-war and like i always thought that was really interesting but you do make a compelling point about all the writing and effort that's done um when we've got all these like sides like all these other angles that you could take the story through um and and like i think that's the only justification i can use for choosing like different dialogue options but at the end of the day i still like i don't sleep as well man you know (laughs) i just i just know that i wasn't I wasn't nice. I wasn't nice. You can still make choices. I mean, it's still, no matter what, you can choose, okay, in this instance, I'm going to choose the the good one. Um, But there's still some of them. It's like, I just want to see what happens. I just want to see if this, yeah, if this affects something. Um, In another video game, uh, Witcher Wild Hunt, there you get the quests, you know, someone's turned into a werewolf and they're, you know, killing everybody that comes out there and you go out and find the werewolf and it's like a person and you have to decide, do I take care of this? Do I feel bad for them? I mean, and it gives you choices to just, I think there was one they he just says, you need to leave. You just need to leave, um, you know, go, you're, you're hurting. And the guy feels really bad about everything. You know, he can't control himself. And, and, and another option, you could just kill him. So I, you know, I love that you can choose which way you want to go, um, and I think you know with Geralt, he can be pretty morally gray. He, you know, he's pretty yeah. self-driven. He's pretty self-driven. Yeah. So, um, but he has limits, and I think that's what you could do with your character too. Is um, like I was reading an article; they're saying make him like lawful evil. Like they have, they yeah, they have rules. They have rules, like supernatural. Like Sam and Dean, it was Jewel State the guest on that episode. It was really, really early in the show, and she was dating a friend. 
she was a friend of Sam's, maybe? I can't remember. It's been a long time. It's been like, it was like season one. Uh, but uh, she and Sam were connected somehow. And she was a monster. And she like would change. Uh, and she was just like, no, I control it. Like, I, here's how I'm handling it. Uh, and I think Dean goes back and kills her. Nice. And, yes. Uh, yeah. Because he was like, no, this is the code. We fight monsters. And like, I think that's a really interesting way to approach an evil quote unquote character because a character who feels justified and righteous in what they're doing, like who has a code of conduct, uh, I think is so interesting because like there were times when I really, really disliked those guys. Like they went in and they made some choices that were like, uh, disagree, sir. But like, if you're not going to follow your code, then when are you like Dexter? Like if you're not <clears throat> going to follow your code. Dexter is a great code, example. Then... I actually wrote that down. Yeah. That's a great example. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's such a good example. Cause like, you know, I'm going to write my new character for D and D and it's a murderer. And you're like, Oh yeah, you're going to play an evil. Well, they're lawful and they believe in punishing. Well, I mean, he had like some other stuff happening, but like believes in punishing people. And like, that's so interesting. And that's also like big paladin energy. That's it like, really is. that's some, that's some of the conquest shit. They're like, okay, you've got something to work out. Huh. And I hope you have therapy other than D and D going on here. But yeah, I, yeah, Dexter, when the justice system fails, he steps yeah. in. I mean, yeah, that's, that's Paladin. That's a lot of Paladin. Yes. But, but he's yeah. still, at the end of the day, a serial killer. Like, yeah, he, he's a, he's by a normal, serial killer. Normal, everyday standards, that's a, an evil person. So, yeah, that's a bad guy. It's a bad guy. Um, but he's not a bad guy. <laughs> he's not a bad guy. <laughs> so, yeah, I think and to keep your you know party together, if they were all kind of that alignment, uh, like the, at least the lawful where they had limits. Yes, they're ambitious. Yes, they're driven, but like they won't kick a dog or something, you know, like, right. uh, Ooh, what was the other one? Um, speaking of dogs, um, the one of Keanu Reeves, he has like four of them and he just like fights like the whole John Wick, John Wick. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good guy. Just yeah, kills people fair. all the time. But then like dogs, like dogs to him. Yeah. Right. He rescues them and loves them and takes care of them and all that. So, yeah, but he's he just kills, like he just kills anybody in front of him, like driven. So I would consider him like that that way too. So, yeah, I think that's fun, and I think it would be kind of interesting to like focus on that as you're building your party dynamic. So like going from player to player and saying, or whether you have everybody together, maybe you have everybody together and say, um, you know, we're gonna do an evil campaign. We need everyone to be kept together somehow so whether you guys have some core tenants or some sort of self-imposed rules that you abide by that all align so you guys are all moving in the same direction um although it would also be really fun to do like your party where almost everyone has the same sort of core rules or a specific person that they're trying to exact their revenge against and they'll do it by toppling this entire city that they run or, you know, and then like one chaotic character who kind of does one chaotic evil who like does what no one else is willing to do because it doesn't abide by their rules. Like that could be super fun. And like the inter-party conflict and dynamic of I don't agree with what you do, but I agree with your results. Like, I think that's so fun and it could make for like such a, such a like rich and interesting party dynamic. Yeah. There would be so many layers to that. I think, well, any sort of inner party conflict and resolution. I love it. Is Eat great. It right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Like yeah. what if you want to conquer this kingdom? Cause there's this King and all members have some beef with the King, right? Yeah. It could, it could be it. all sorts of any reason. 
And so all of them, no matter what, they want to go after it. And then they might have different levels of like how much they want to go after it. Um, and that would just, I think as a DM, you could definitely just sit back a lot more yes. and then just really let them run uh, because you're not having to tell them you need to go defeat this king because he's bad. Like they know their motivation and they have to completely figure out how they're going to do that. And so you would have to improv, like you'd have to improv a little more. You'd have to pivot more, but you wouldn't have to set up, go here, go here, go here, go here. Like they would, it would be a lot more uh, open-ended. Yeah. And at the same time, if you're a DM who likes to have those plot hooks, that's like, those are really rigid. I can definitely imagine like, it's sort of the opposite of how you would normally do things like, oh, the king's right hand is out um, collecting taxes a month early uh, and these people are struggling or they're going out and they, you know, they're murdering people in this little town. And like these people, if it, if it violates their code of conduct or if it will hurt this person that they despise the most could come together to like, kind of almost do a good thing mm -hmm. uh you know murder mm -hmm. a good thing sometimes mm -hmm. sometimes tm uh to go out and like salt like fix this issue because they're trying to get back up that person yeah I, that sounds so cool like i i i said in the beginning i was like oh you're gonna you're totally gonna make me come around on this like i am <laughs> kind of coming around i don't think long term i have the like uh energy to sustain an evil campaign i don't even know that i could play in one more than a couple of like one-offs but it would still be interesting to explore like how the party dynamics change yeah i you could do it, like a three-part like one shot or like a six-part yeah. one shot or something where they just have the one goal um and and just see what happens i love the idea um of like them going to this town and they need um there's a key to the hidden keep and that'll like the back door right and it's hidden in this town and they face off with a party of adventurers protecting yes it. i mean breaking the are we the bad wall. guys yeah exactly and have the adventurers like fight them like to protect yeah. it you know because they the villains cause all the problems and the adventures come and clean it up i mean that's pretty much what happens right yeah so let them create all the problems and then have adventurers show up and like they were hired to stop this and they were hired to guard and i mean i think that'd be great and have them on bounty boards have their pictures wanted posters oh, like love. really make them the bad guys like it'd be great yeah i also kind of love the idea of um kind of sticking to my guns on it and like being the only like good like maybe a chaotic good character uh traveling with a group full of evil characters who's like well net positive on this one so i'm gonna i'm gonna keep traveling with you guys and like well okay uh, you killed a guy but it saved a lot of people a lot of money so maybe it's okay and then like watching one character just slowly descend the into like evil because of like the influence of the party. Like, I think that could be really fun too. Yeah. Yeah. Like what if their siblings, one of the party members, that's just bad. And they're tagging along because it's their brother or sister. Right. And they're hoping they can help them. And then they end up kind of turning <laughs> dark too. I go everywhere. My big sister goes. Exactly. Like, exactly. Oh, my heart. I love that idea. <laughs> I think, I think just doing even like a chaotic neutral. Yeah. You know, too, where you're just real indifferent. You just don't care. Um, that would be kind of like, you don't care what they do. You just know what you want. And so I think that would be, that would be fun. I too. don't care what we do as long as somebody buys me beer at the end yeah. of the night, yeah. uh, would be a really fun character build. Um, a lot of interesting party makeup options here. Like a lot of interesting compositions. Mm -hmm. I think we're used to playing 
neutral, chaotic, and good. Yeah. Uh, some assortment there. Not a lot of, I mean, I guess a little bit of lawfulness within our groups, but like, it, yeah, it would be interesting to see, like, if you set the parameters, guys were playing uh, three uh, sessions arc of uh, an evil campaign, do your worst. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. but they have to be willing to travel with other people. They have to be willing to travel in this party. Yeah. Like, that's the only stipulation. Yeah, they have to have a tie. Go. Yeah. Just, yeah. To, just to see. But I think, yeah. I, I definitely recommend experienced DMs trying this or experienced players <laughs> trying this just yeah. because, yeah, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge. Um, but yeah, I think it'd be fun to try. That sounds fun. If you do, if you're listening and you do try this, please tell us how it goes. We we really want to know. We're deeply invested in how this goes for you. Yes, yes. Or if you play video games and you always choose the, the dark side or <laughs> the evil answer. Why? And, and why? Yeah. Tell us about why? it. And don't, but do maybe send me a TikTok compilation of choosing all the bad options because like, I don't, I don't want to know, but I also kind of do want to know. Um, <laughs> See, now you're curious. Now I'm, uh, am I going dark? Am <laughs> I the bad guy? <laughs> I'm not the drama. Am I? <laughs> no. Am I? No. Am I? <laughs> oh no. Well, this has been really interesting. Um, I have a lot of like, I, I like I want to see where this goes. Like, are you now? Are you gonna run an evil campaign? I could. I could. There is a lot of resources out there. YouTube has tons of resources from DMs um, that like stream online or just just general DM um, guidance that talk about just like tips and advice on running it. Um, I would love to. I'd love to do like a three part or four part one shot. Um, fun. Yeah, with evil characters. I think it'd be fun. I love it. I love it. Not to be the hero this time. The villain. Villains. I mean, it villains, plural. There's enough room up here for everybody. Heroes have all this responsibility. And villains can just do what they want. You make a very compelling case. <laughs> I'm so glad we talked about this. But I yeah, know, me too. Comment, comment below how you run your game and... If, if we need to try this. I feel like we need yeah, to try this. Shoot, a, shoot us a TikTok. Tell us what you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I I want to know now. I'm, I, I'm, I'm into it. I'm into it. This has been a fun talk. <laughs> this has been a great talk. I um, am not prepared to choose any evil dialogue options in any game ever. Uh, I will continue to play games the way I normally do. But I may consider playing a more um, ethically complicated, morally challenged character in a future D&D game and or as the DM. I'm into it. That sounds fun. Awesome. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, We have been out of initiative, but we're going to get back into it. So get out there, roll some dice, tell some stories with maybe some nefarious undertones, and we will see you next time. Bye! Thanks for listening to Out of Initiative, a podcast from Merely NPCs. For more from Sarah and Morgan, visit MerelyNPCs.com or follow them on Instagram at MerelyNPCs.